Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody and welcome to Left Hand Right Brain. I hope this podcast finds you well. And I know I say it every podcast, but I say it because I really for all your likes, your subscribes, your rates, and uh, reviews. You know, I preach. And you know, if you like what you're hearing on this week's LHRB podcast, you'll probably like all the other podcasts under the LHRB banner, like this one. Hey guys, it's me, Katie Bowman. I am the host of Help Me, I'm Scared, another podcast about horror films. In this podcast, I have a new guest on each episode and we talk about a horror film that they pick and we get into the plot, horror tropes, and things that scare them personally. And we also talk about why this horror film is so spooky to this particular person. You can listen to this podcast wherever you find your podcast at, or you can go to lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Stay spooky. And don't forget, you can find anything and everything LHRB related by going to lefthandrightbrainpod.com. We're also a proud member of Mile High Life. That's your source for Denver's premier podcasts like Did That Age Well with Molly Smith, The Gen X Show, Happy Friday, and many more. You can find all those at milehighlife.com. I also want to say thank you to everybody who's been coming out to Comedy Save the Video Star. The one yesterday was awesome. Had a really good time and I'm already looking forward to the next one, which is going to be April 27th. It's going to be at 8 p.m. We do a DIY TRL at 7.30, so if you want to come a little early, get a drink, and then request a music video. I'll be DJ JD playing the music videos. Then we start the show at 8. It's going to be a hell of a good time. $5 tickets on Eventbrite, so be there or be square. Okay, I think that's enough of the house cleaning. That brings us to this week's episode of Left Hand Right Brain, which is going to be a audiobook review podcast that I'm going to do. I might start doing these from time to time. I just listen to so many audiobooks. I need to start getting some content out of it, I think. No, uh, I just enjoy it so much. I love audiobooks, which I know I get shit for here and there because it's not like reading. But I'm still getting all the information in there, okay? I'm just as smart as anybody who reads these books or have at least the same knowledge. So the last book I enjoyed on Audible was called Random by Penn Jillette. And I'm going to be discussing the audiobook specifically because I didn't even touch the physical copy. Although I do love physical copies of books and would buy it if I saw it for a reasonable price. And I have plenty of books 
here. And I always like, it's like the potential. I love the potential that a book has. Like in the future, I will read this. So maybe in some way, shape or form, I'm thinking, uh, I can't die yet because I have to read this book. Maybe that's why I have so many. Is that the secret to life? Having more books. But I digress. I listened to the audiobook on Audible, which I know Amazon has uh, its issues with uh, authors, creators, you know, smaller time authors and creators being, uh, you know, because they're such a monopoly that um, they take a larger percentage of the author's uh, earnings of the book. So if you want to support Audible, I mean, it is nice to have an Audible subscription. I do. Uh, you know, it's very convenient. I'm listening to that many audiobooks a month. But if you can, I think you should support smaller authors by going to their websites directly. Things like that. Uh, my personal opinions, you know. Uh, Jeff Bezos doesn't need any more money, but it's also so convenient. I get it. I get it. It's hard not to use these big conveniences here in life. But, uh, you know, if, if that's something important to you, you know, there are ways of supporting the author. You know, uh, you might know Penn Jillette, who is the author of this book, Random. He is not a small-time author. Let's just say that. He's not uh, going to be uh, make or break, whether you get uh, his book from a uh, Target or on Audible, whatever. You know, he's going to be just fine, I think. Um, this is his uh, third or fourth novel. Uh, he, he's part of... Uh, the Penn and Teller uh, magic show, magic duo. If you don't know, they have a the longest running show in Vegas. I'm a big Penn Gillette fan. I love his books. I love his podcast. I've never actually been to a live show, but that is one of my life goals. I did bring it up to my wife recently. Is like, oh, maybe that's a, that's something we should do for our anniversary coming up here in May. Because maybe we go to Vegas and we see a Penn and Teller show. Uh, maybe that's more of a gift to me than a gift to her. Although I do think she would enjoy it. I love Penn Jillette. I uh, really enjoyed his show Bullshit when it came out on Showtime. I remember as a child, I, we got one of those free weekends of uh, Showtime or Cinemax, how they do that every now and then to try to get people to buy those subscription services, I guess, back then. You know, when you didn't every premium channel didn't have a uh, streaming service. But that's something that would happen back in the day. Once in a while, you'd get one of these free weekends, and I would constantly just be at the recorder recording every movie. Hopefully, you know, you get a boob shot here and there or a cool, fun movie. But uh, one of the things that was on uh, this particular free Showtime weekend was Penn & Teller bullshit, and I really fell in love with the show. Uh, I just love his irreverent sense of humor. I love, uh, you know, someone taking on the status quo. And, you know, being raised Catholic, that was a big part of uh, my rebellious youth, I guess, is fighting against this uh, oppressive guilt, basically, that I felt all the time, you know? So I was constantly, I loved uh, Clerks. I mean, not Clerks, uh, Kevin Smith's Dogma, because that was all, you know, poking fun at the man, you know, uh, pointing out the hypocrisies of the church and things like that. So I really gravitated towards that, and I knew Pendulette was a very outspoken atheist. Uh, I do recommend one of his uh, earlier books, God Know, which is also a good read. Uh, but that's more like autobiographical, you know, talking about um, how he fell out of faith. He was also raised in, with religion and how he came to be an atheist, and uh, he's very outspoken about it. It makes sense. You know, I do love it, because I do feel like you're applying logic to these things, and... Uh, I get it. But I also am very seduced by faith, which is something that comes up in this book, Random, okay? So let's get into this uh, uh, review here. Uh, let me let me read a summary for you, because I uh, watched a video on how to do uh, book reviews, and the first thing you should do is a summary, okay? So I'm going to read the summary right off Amazon here. 
Two weeks before his 21st birthday, Las Vegas native Bobby Ingersoll finds out he's inherited a crushing gambling debt from his scumbag father. The debt is owed to an even scummier bag named uh, Fraser Roofhart, who oversees his bottom-rung criminal empire from the classy adjacent Trump International Hotel. Bobby's prospects of paying off the note, which come due the day he turns 21, are about as dim as the sign on the tower's facade. The two weeks pass in the blink of a snake eye, but before Bobby's luck runs out, he stumbles upon enough cash to pay Rufart off and change his family's fortune. More importantly, he finds himself with a new, for lack of a better word, faith. Bobby does not consign his big break to a higher power, what Penn Gillette hero ever could. Instead, he devises and devotes himself to random, a philosophy where his life choices are based entirely on the roll of his lucky dice. What follows is a hilarious exploration into not so much as what defines us as what divines us when we give our every decision from what to eat, to whom to marry, to how or when to die, to the random fall of two numbered cubes, combining the intellectual curiosity of Richard Dawkins with the humor and grit of an Elmore Leonard, Elmore Leonard, I don't know who that is, but anti-hero, Gillette's upon his luck, Ingersoll, is the character we need to help us navigate the chaos of a post-truth era. Well, unless the rolls run cold. All right, well, that was a uh, direct reading from uh, the publisher summary on Amazon. And I think you get the point. Some would say Pendulette is Vegas. To me, he is Vegas. I've learned a lot about it, the culture of it, uh, from Pendulette, listening to him on his podcast, things like that. And also, I have a couple good friends that are from Vegas, you know, born and raised. Uh, they live here now, but uh, it is interesting to hear about the city that never sleeps, you know, the entertainment capital of the world uh, from the perspective of someone who lives there day to day. So I guess, you know, it is different for people there who live there and make their living there. It's way different from someone who goes in on the weekend just to gamble. But it's an interesting uh, perspective on that. You know, he brings in some of his real life friends like Piff the Magic Dragon is in there. He talks about a uh, magician uh, mentor of his comes in. So it's kind of there's like a little bit of a heist aspect to it. The main character does become a PI uh, in it and uses, you know, his random tosses of the dice to help determine these things. Uh, you know, the outcomes are, or like what he should do. Uh, and it's really interesting, the science of like chance and uh, randomness, because I guess there's a certain percentage that you'll roll a seven when you roll a dice or things like that. So everything is up to the roll of the dice. If he doesn't know exactly what he wants, the main character I'm uh, referring to, if he doesn't know exactly what he wants to do, he, uh, assigns different choices to the different numbers he can get by rolling the dice. And then he also knows that the probability of each number coming up. So he'll assign, you know, things he wants to do the most to a more likely number and then like less and less. Cause you know, you know, he does get into some, uh, perverted fantasies in a way, you know, just, you know, not perverted in like a bad way. He doesn't like do anything bad. I mean, he does have sex with some sex workers, which is legal in Vegas. So, you know, you might, there's some moral moral gray area there, uh, but you know he does talk about like you know, once he gets rich, he you know gets some sex workers and then you know starts exploring you know bisexuality and all that jazz. Uh, but that all goes down to the roll of the dice, and you know he'll be doing like oh I want to go to Starbucks and get some coffee, and he's like okay well uh, 
the most likely number, I guess, by rolling a dice is a seven. So he'll assign black coffee to that. But then he's not sure if he wants a Frappuccino. So he'll assign the next most likely number to a Frappuccino. And then going all the way down to like sometimes even like a two or something like that would be like, oh, I'm going to ask the barista if they want a blowjob in the in the in the bathroom. You know, just, you know, his sense of humor like that. You know, I guess we're all kind of caring, catering to our base instincts. Things like that. I mean, I don't know. It's a interesting book. It's not definitely, it's not a PG book for sure. If you're looking for a family-friendly book, I wouldn't go for this because there is sex in there. There is uh, adult language. Nothing uh, nothing crazy. But, I mean, if you're a fan of this podcast, you can listen to this. No, no problem. You know, it's just, we're all going, it, it goes all over the place just like this podcast. Uh, I do think seven hours and 14 minutes is a nice uh, symmetrical number for the running length of the audiobook. It's a nice short listen. Uh, well, not short. I, th- I guess I, I consider three hours or less a short listen. It's under 10 hours, which I think is a good number. You can listen to that almost in a day for me uh, or a couple days. It's a good couple day listen. You know, sometimes I did find myself getting fatigued, you know, listening fatigue, listening to it just because there's a lot of things happening, you know, getting a lot of names thrown at you, which is something you have to get used to when you listen to audiobooks. I do think it's easier with a, a fiction novel like this book is. I do enjoy a lot of fiction audiobooks just because it's easier to remember names and get situations. Uh, when you try, when I try to listen to like a history book or anything that's too, you know, numbers based, I have to really be paying attention. And it's harder to do when I'm like driving or cleaning the house or doing some other task, working out, which is another big pro for me with audiobooks, because I'm getting this information in or being entertained while doing something else. So uh, that's another plus for the old audiobooks. I do see some people at the gym on the treadmill or on the stationary bike reading a book, but it's just never been my cup of tea. But they're working out their minds and their bodies. So gotta give them props for that. Which you could argue I'm doing the same thing. But anywho, uh, this book has 4.5 stars on Audible out of uh, 146 ratings. It did uh, come out uh, October of last year. So, you know, it's still a fairly new book. So what are the pros of the book here? I guess I should get into that uh, next. I did enjoy that the uh, main character is like a moral person. You know, uh, they explore some other things about themselves, you know, having sex with sex workers, gambling, things like that, you know, because they get rich. You know, they go from not having any money to uh, getting rich, which is a fantasy I can get behind for sure. Uh, (laughs) So you can also see why, you know, I love these books or I enjoyed this one a lot as well. I could identify with the main character, you know, wanting to be rich. Uh, but anyway, I can't, I can't identify with uh, becoming a millionaire overnight, though. And then the bad guy is just bad. You know, I know there's a lot of uh, trends of uh, anti-heroes and wanting to know they're, they're human as well. And, you know, oh, they're just tragic anti-heroes or things like that, you know, with like Breaking Bad and uh, The Sopranos. The anti-heroes become pretty popular, but uh, I'd like a straight down the middle, you know, like these guys are bad and these guys are good. You know, he explains that uh, the bad guys in the book just like being bad. They enjoy hurting other people. They enjoy uh, making money. The power is a big part of it for them. Getting off on that. They're like two loan sharks that are the main antagonists in the book, which are the bad guys, right? Protagonist is the good guy. And a lot of it is just them imposing their you know power over people who need money or in desperate situations and i don't know maybe my uh experience in the last couple of years in life have just made me uh hate the man you know so 
uh, I do enjoy books where uh, the underdog gets one over on the man. Another thing with the just the random becoming his religion, him living his life from this by random. You could also say that as like chance or fate, I think, which is uh, another way of just, you know, believing in a higher power to me, which is also very appealing. You know, I guess being raised Catholic, I mean, I have this idea that, you know, God has a plan for me or, you know, it's all every decision and things are, you know, up to God. And if something doesn't go your way, then I guess God didn't want that for you or, you know, things like that. God has a plan. All that stuff's very instilled in me. And I've been trying to analyze that more as I'm older. But I do find myself gravitating towards things that uh, remove doubt and rolling the dice and then acting on whatever comes up is a way of doing that. So I do enjoy or find myself indulging in those kinds of things from time to time because I mean the the removal of doubt in situ in choices in life I think is is very appealing, very seductive is something I heard somebody say about that and I get it. I mean, the idea of like, okay, this is the, obviously the right thing to do. Like the God wants this or the the dice wants this, the, you know, the universe wants this. All these things have been not so much the dice, but, you know, the universe has a plan or I guess that's not my path. Kind of things have all been uh, coming up in my life recently. You know, I've been uh, some members of the Brain Trust might know I've been going through a lot of um, upheaval with employment these last couple of years. And I recently applied for an audio producer job for a podcast I really wanted to do. I mean, it's, it's kind of would have kind of been the culmination of everything uh, I've been kind of working towards here with the podcast and all the audio stuff. And I was thinking, you know, I put all my eggs in this basket being like, this is going to be the thing. And when I didn't get the job, uh, you know, it's comforting for me to be like, well, I guess that's not what my path is or what the universe wants for me. There's some comfort in that letting go of that, uh, Oh, it was on me. I know there are things I could do to like be better on a resume or, you know, up my skills. You know, those things are still there and things I can plan on doing or do plan on looking into. I've already been, you know, just watching more videos on how to become a better audio editor or things like that. But there is something comforting in, in that idea of like a higher power. There's like fate, you know, like, okay, well, this is, you know, God has something different planned for me or the universe has something different planned for me. And, you know, I don't know. It's all just in there in the same uh, stew as this idea of rolling dice to just make decisions decisions for you and uh, taking away doubt. That's very appealing to me. So that was a big pro for the book. Uh, as far as cons go, I did uh, at the beginning of listening to it, I did think that there was a little bit too much of like, you know, convenience for things happening because this kid, he wants he needs to get money to pay off his dad's debt or the low shark's going to kill him. You know, because Lone Shark's like, not only I'm not going to kill you, I'm going to kill your whole family. So that's why it's the kid's responsibility to pay off his dad's debt. And, you know, he stumbles across this money and it happens kind of, you know, serendipitously. You know, he gets away with it. And uh, at the beginning, I was like, oh, you know, this is a little convenient, but it's fun. It's a fun ride. You know, I guess part of its suspension of disbelief, but also it's part of the ride of the book. You know, there wouldn't be more story if it didn't happen like this. So I can let that go. Uh, That was the only... The only thought I had at the beginning of listening to this book was like, oh, that's mighty convenient. But also, I was in for the ride, too. So, you know, I'd already drinking the Kool-Aid. I wanted to listen to this book. It was good. Uh, like I said, I did find myself getting a little fatigued here and there. You know, I, after listening for a couple hours or, well, maybe about an hour, I was like, all right, I'm going to take a break, listen to a podcast or just, you know, turn it all off. Maybe listen to some music while I'm driving. I've been doing a driving job recently, so... 
uh, I can just listen to things while I'm driving around. So that's nice. So my stamina for this might be a little, uh, my listening stamina might be a little bit more than most, the average person. But I don't know, I'd be interested to hear some feedback uh, for you guys if anybody listened to audiobooks, if you feel some kind of listening fatigue as well. It's an interesting one. Uh, okay, yeah, so I wanted to read this excerpt from the book. This is the first thing in the book here. It's in the preface. In everyday life, you will find that your boss, your lover, or your government often try to manipulate you. They propose to you a game in the form of a choice in which one of the alternatives appears definitely preferable. Having chosen this alternative, you are faced with a new game, and very soon you find that your reasonable choices have brought you to something you never wanted. You're trapped. To avoid this, Remember that acting a bit erratically may be the best strategy. When you lose by making some suboptimal choices, you make up for by keeping greater freedom. Uh, that's a quote by De- David Rooley? Roulet uh, from Chance and Chaos. I don't know. I really enjoyed that. When you find that your boss or your lover or your government are often trying to manipulate you. I don't know so much about your lover, but my boss and the government have been, are the ones that stood out to me in that in that quote. And I'm like, yeah, they're trying to manipulate me. And I want to shake it up. Like, I don't know, man. I've been uh, button up against this for a while now. And recently it's just been, it's been hard. You know, with my last uh, work experience, I know I talked about a little bit on a couple episodes ago, but it was just the worst experience I've had at a job. It's like these people were not good employers and they blamed the employees for like everything that was going wrong with the company or, you know, not getting all this work done and just the absurdity and the disjointed thinking that goes into or that these employers had for blaming me, a good worker, someone who shows up on time uh, for, uh, I don't know, the problems at this job was is ridiculous. And it's still something I've been battling with internally. I do feel like they gaslit me. You know, they're trying to uh, say that I was the problem when it's obviously the system is corrupt, you know, or just the way they're doing things is bad. And, you know, I I don't want to get into specifics, but it was just a bad experience that I'm still, I don't know, uh, still think about quite a bit. And I'm trying to break that. But I don't know, something about this quote and then stuff in this book just uh, have been hitting me more. Anything where like somebody's like sticking it to the man or uh, pointing out hypocrisy. Yeah, the hypocrisy of it. That's the word I was searching for is ridiculous. And I don't know, man, I've just been raging against it these last couple months. In the next part of the book, it talks about making a decision promptly is often more important than making the best decision. I don't know. I do like the idea of uh, I've heard that the five second rule been talked about for a long time in my life. And it, like going back to even like the first self-help, self-help books I listened to when I was a kid, you know, the game, they talked about the five second rule, you know, and you see a, a woman you want to hit on, like you just, you have to do, yeah, do it within the first five seconds or you're going to overthink it. And then they, they also apply that to other things you want to do, you know, working out, you know, blah, 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 whatever, applying for a job, things like that. Uh, but I mean, this idea of uh, making a decision promptly and then the idea of not regretting it or not second guessing, I guess that's what it's taking away is the idea of second guessing, not the idea, but the problem of that. And that's very appealing. That's something that comes uh, uh, up in like books and movies, things like that. It's like these these characters, the, the heroes in these books are making decisions and then they don't ever second guess them. And it turns out they were right, you know, the whole time and just following their gut and their instincts. 
which is uh, something that doesn't happen in real life. That's frustrating. <laughs> it's been a, a sticking point for me for a long time. Is that, you know, the, trying to get over this self-doubt. You know, just something that really stood out to me in this read, or this listen, I guess I should say. These are all from uh, the theories of our game, which is right in the same preface of this book. The second thing is committing to and acting with passion on a decision are often more important than which, than which decision is made. Doubt is the weakness. Doubt is the weakness. I mean, these things are, are uh, sticking out to me like a sore thumb. No one can outsmart random. Random is dangerous. Those are the four rules or the four theories of our game, which is set up in the preface of this book. I guess that's kind of what he's going for with this book. It's, you know, random is God, random is king. And uh, that's what this guy's living his life by. And I do like the idea of that. <laughs> Again, this this removing doubt thing is a revelation I'm having right now and uh, just been thinking about it. You know, is this funny? Something with a joke, something I think about a lot as well. Is this funny? It's something I'm asking the audience versus just being like, I know this joke is funny. Uh, and presenting it as such is something I've been trying to get over. But yeah, I really enjoyed this book. The, the narration's great. I love that Pendulette narrates his books. I do think books read by the author are fantastic just because the author knows what they're trying to say, how they're trying to say it. And if they can do character voices, that's fun. You know, like Neil Gaiman can do some fun voices with his. Pendulette does some voices, which is fun. I, I've heard... Uh, my wife talk about how it's hard for her to listen to the Harry Potter audiobook sometimes because the guy doing Hermione's voice is uh, maybe over the top for a uh, you know eleven year old girl's voice because it's like oh Harry <laughs> you know a guy doing a little girl's voice is kind of absurd in a way if you're overthinking it it doesn't bother me but I did notice in the last uh, listening of a uh, Nosferatu I think his name's Joe Hill there's a woman narrator and she did a little boy's voice and that was hard for me. That one, I was like, this sounds weird. It stuck out to me. It uh, didn't ruin the book, but it, it is something I clocked. So, I don't know. A personal preference on that. I, I think it's easy to get over, but uh, it is fun when the author can do uh, fun voices, which is, I guess, the argument for getting a professional actor to do your the narration for your book. But I do think that authors reading their own works is best, unless it's like a full cast recording or you know, some work of fiction. Fiction's a little different. If it's uh which I mean this is a fiction book, but fantasy, you know, I think you you gotta have someone speaking that can speak a bunch of different British, English, Scottish, Irish accents. <laughs> Cause that's where all fiction takes place, is in a nebulous uh European region. <laughs> but I enjoy that a lot too. So I don't know. I enjoyed Pendulette's reading of this. Uh it didn't take me out of it. Again, I I love listening to his voice already. I do it all the time. The book was fun. There's humor. The dialogue's great. Uh, plenty of jokes, fun scenarios. He does d d dump on Trump a lot. He mentions Trump Tower in uh, the summary here. That's where all the bad guys live is in Trump Tower because they think it's being classy, but it's just a dump, which I think is fun. I do enjoy Pendulette's sense of humor. <laughs> So uh, I do recommend this book. I do give it a five out of five. It's got a four out of five here on Audible, but I'm giving it a five out of five stars. Enjoyed the narration. Enjoyed the story. It wasn't too long. It's a nice, you know, you could get it done in a week probably for the average listener. I mean, I, I, I do it like it's like binging a show for me. I enjoy it quite a bit listening to audiobooks. So I hope this might encourage you to listen to an audiobook if you've never done it before. You know, make this a listen if you 
do love audiobooks, and maybe this isn't something that's in your wheelhouse, I'd say check it out. I like the way he talks about Vegas. He works in some magic stuff. I do enjoy that as well because there's a whole history of, you know, magicians and doing their thing. And there's a lore there, which I think taps into the uh, fantasy uh, reader in me. You know, it's it's magic, but in a different way. Slide a hand. I enjoy it. It's performance. It's got everything. It really hit all my buttons. And I hope you enjoy it, too, dear listener. So that's going to be the uh, first of my audiobook summaries. I don't know what I'll call this thing, but I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you go listen to the book. If there is any book re- recommendations you have, you know, get at me. I'm at Left Hand Right Brain on Instagram, LHRB Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you know, you can find me on all those socials. So I guess I'll leave you with uh, be excellent to each other. Wakanda forever and keep calm and listen on. Mm-hmm.